Hello and welcome back, I almost said Budget Arcade, to Hitchcock Chronologically, the show where I, Jeff, go through every single one of Alfred Hitchcock's movies, and I'm doing it all in one year. We are in the month of November, the leaves are turning, and, uh, well, we I watched North by Northwest. I didn't watch it alone, though, as I do with every episode this month of November, I have a guest with me from the Gaming Nexus show, from Tess and L.A. Argue. From thegamingnexus.com, it's Elliot. Hey, guys. Hey, Jeff. Thanks for having me, dude. This I, is, uh, I'm excited. I'm beyond excited because I, I, I would like to think, besides yourself, I am probably the biggest advocate for this podcast. I think you're even more so than me. I, I, this is, you, you have found the secret. You have found something to do for a year that is like perfect. And then you're like, you're just done. Yeah. Like, it's, it's fantastic. I, and it's uh, a great show. Well, thank you. Because I, when I went on the Gaming Nexus show, I'm like, yeah, who wants to listen to this? And you're like, no, Jeff, don't undersell yourself. It's yeah. a good show. So I do appreciate that, and I uh, thank you. Uh, I've I've watched more movies. Well, I've watched more Hitchcock movies than I've ever watched before, which was zero before your podcast. Yeah, to be same. Honest. Well, I mean, I've I've seen more than zero, but. Uh, well, let me tell you which so which ones, excluding North by Northwest, have you watched that you remember watching? I know you well, had said before you watched Lifeboat. Yeah, I watched Lifeboat. I let me pull up the list and I can tell you for sure. Uh, I dial, dial M for Murder. Fantastic um, choice. Rear Rear Window, not Rear Window. Um, yeah, Rear Window. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the uh, Jimmy Stewart one, right? Yep. Uh, I watched Strangers on a Train because that just interests me, mm-hmm. uh, and Rope. That's the other one I watched. Those are good choices. The, none of yeah. those are, are going to ruin Alfred Hitchcock for you. Uh, well, unlike- here's what I did. I, 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 would, I went ahead and would read uh, a small, synop- not synopsis, but a small you know, little tagline for what the mm-hmm. movie was the week before your episode, and that uh, determined if I would watch it before I would listen to you or not. Okay. That's exactly what I That's did. That's probably cause... smart. You avoided a lot of just garbage. Uh, now, for those that don't know, I record about a month ahead of time, so Elliot hasn't heard last week's episode about uh, Vertigo, but we're going to pretend that it's out because as far as you listening, you have. Last week's Vertigo, okay, so Vertigo is a classic, right? It, the right. month of November is all four, I think, of his biggest, most well-known films. Vertigo, North by Northwest, Psycho, and The Birds. And I go into Vertigo being like, I saw this when I was younger. I remember loving it. And afterwards, I'm like, wow, what a pile of garbage. Really? Yeah, I really did not enjoy it uh, much at all, frankly. And so at the end of last week's episode, I go into this one. I was like, okay, I'm going to watch North by Northwest. And I remember seeing it. And I remember loving it, but dear God, please. Let those memories hold true. Let it be good. And I said, and I just, as long as it's not worse than I remember, and it's not, it's better than I remember. Before we get started, I have two questions I want to ask you that I haven't gotten to ask yet. Okay. So what has surprised you the most about watching all these films? Like, what's the thing you've been like, wow, this is surprising after watching most of his like catalog at this point how bad he is okay to be honest i mean because he's uh, this so i said this on the gaming nexus show what hitchcock is and i'm not saying he's not some sort of great filmmaker because i think he is and but i think he is in his later works i think he's someone who's made so many films that he's just a competent director he's really good at it now right okay and there, yeah. there's so many of them that I've watched. He has more misses than hits. Now, and again, that's the 2021 lens, the the, the idea sure. that I've seen these movies. Had I saw, I'm trying to, like Vertigo in the theater when it came out, it might have blown my mind, but it didn't now. Uh, yeah, however, it's got to be hard because I'm sure he's a trendsetter too, right? You know, yeah. where like, yeah, it's hard to like look through it that lens of like, oh, this was like groundbreaking. That being said... North by Northwest blew my mind. I, 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 so I, I, I turned it on. I love Cary Grant. I've been open about that. I do too. I like Cary Grant too. You certainly do now. I was real excited. Yeah. 
And um, he's like a man's man, especially this, awesome. right? He's like, like he always looks sharp, even when he's dirty. I want to be. He still look. I mean, same. Minus the mother issues that he has in this film. I love the way he handles it, though. Right? I yeah, but I, 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 I still yeah, like. Yeah. I like his sharpness. He's basically James Bond. Yeah, but accidental. That's what this movie is. Yeah, accidentally James Bond, and. It paves the way. I'm not sure when Bond movies started coming out, but this is 69. 59, no, right? 59. Yeah. Um, and it so hits this wonderful adventure. And you have this hero who is just so... Yeah, ladies love him and men want to be him or yeah. ladies want to be with him yeah, and yeah, men yeah, want to yeah. be him or, you know... Some men want to be with him. I'm sure he's 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 awesome, and I, I can't. I like at a loss for words in a good way. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I've seen so I've seen. Okay, Cary Grant's been in f- four movies. Okay. Uh, he's been in Notorious, which is good, To Catch a Thief, and Suspicion. And none of them were like, well, uh, To Catch a Thief is kind of a Cary Grant movie. It's pretty good. But the other ones don't feel like what I want. This is what, this is the, this is Cary Grant. This is his perfect movie for him to be in. Yeah. No, this is a Cary Grant movie, right? Like, this is totally a, this is, I mean, when you're like, name your Cary Grant movie, this is probably the first This is number one. Right? It has to be. Yeah. And, And... So, like <laughs> when I'm watching this today, I'm like, oh, thank God. This is the first. Well, I won't say first because Dialing for Murder is pretty dang good. Yeah. But this movie is from start to finish. It bangs. There is it does. no and it, law. It picks up right away, right? It just starts. Yeah. So, this uh, Cary Grant is an advertising guy. It, that doesn't matter. He's Don Draper, right? I don't know. I never watched Mad Men. But yes, sure. Yeah, he's essentially Don Draper. Yeah. Yeah. Sharply dressed. I I now wonder if maybe Don Draper might even have been like imaged after Cary Grant now that I think about that. I have nothing against Because it's that timeline and everything. Mr. Ham. I will take Cary Grant. Ooh. I don't know. John Ham's like the new. Who's the guy who made Seinfeld? Not Jerry Seinfeld, but the other guy. Oh, Larry David? David. Yeah, he's like the new Larry David. I, I'm a big, I'm I've a never, big John Ham fan. As someone who's never watched Mad Men, I'll take Cary Grant. So that just okay. tells you that I'm biased. Um, and totally. Uh, now our hero is uh, Mr. Thornberry, Roger Thorn- Thornberry, and he. So, I don't even know if I can recap this thing. Uh, yeah, it's it's hard, right? I mean, it's just you. Okay, you need to go watch it. If you are listening yeah, and you sure. have not listened, you need to go watch it. And it it doesn't matter if you don't like old movies. This movie stands up. It's funny and it's still funny. Yeah, it's you, definitely funny and it definitely has some humor in it that's probably not meant to be humorous. Maybe, but, but Cary Grant just is naturally funny, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, like even like the knife throwing scene. Not to get it too far ahead, but like that scene is kind of comical in the sense where you're just like, man, this dude's luck can like not get and any like, worse than it just did. There's something about the character though, where he's this guy who's just not going to take any crap, right? But by him right. not taking crap, he almost digs himself deeper in a hole. Oh, every time, right? I mean, every time he digs himself deeper. Yeah, it's right. like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go face to face with these people that hate me. And then it just kind of makes things worse. But at the same time, you're like, well, I like that about him. I admire that he's so willing to just clear his name. And uh, Right. So basically, our hero goes and he, he essentially, there's a like a maitre d' or something at this restaurant looking for Mr. Kaplan. And but. On an unrelated note, Cary Grant calls him over to have him send a message. And this, there are two people standing by who are just perfect scummy villains. They're goons, They're so great! Yeah. Their faces! Have you ever been to the subreddit Punchable Face? (laughs) These are these two guys are on the face. Yeah. They're on the cover. 
I love them. And especially the guy with the hat. I just want to drill him in the face. Like, oh, this movie is perfect. It's it's perfect. They, I'm in love with it. (laughs) So they basically intercept him, right? They just, they mistake him for Kaplan. Yeah, and they grab him, throw him in a cab or a car, and they take him to some big rich guy's house. Yeah, Um, UN ambassador or some sort, right? Yeah, and I can't remember the guy's name, Mr... Townsend, right? Gen- yes. Yeah, Townsend. So he ends up at Mr. Townsend's house. And while he's waiting for Mr. Townsend, he kind of looks around. He finds some letters addressed to Mr. Townsend. So he knows the guy that's coming in the room is Mr. Townsend. And did you notice who his goon is? No. Is the- it? Uh, it's um. I saw the cast list and I was looking for Martin Landau the whole time. And it doesn't look like it, but it's And him. I couldn't find him. Is that who it is? I didn't yeah. know that. Oh. I, I forgot to look it up after it, because I kept looking for him, because I saw him on the cast list. Yeah, so that's Leonard. Uh, and Okay. I didn't even know Martin Landau was in this. So I'm like, this guy looks evil. I want to punch him in the face. He's not quite as punchable because I think he'd try to kill me if I did, whereas the other guys, yeah, I think I could get away that. with it. But it's Martin Landau, and he's young and awesome as this sniveling sidekick. He's great. Yeah, he's great. They're all great. I mean, the yeah, it's all great. So he gets mistaken. Feel free. So feel free to take the reins. If you want to, if you have a scene coming no, no. up, you head forward. It's totally fine. So I have little I have little snippets of like when he does stuff where I'm like, oh, that's funny or oh, this is a thing or this scene really stood out to me. So there the whole movie stands out to me. So he he essentially they're like, you're Mr. Kaplan. And and Roger, uh, Cary Grant says, no, I'm not Mr. Kaplan. This is my name. Leave me alone. Well, they don't believe him and they grab him and force him to drink uh, a half a thing of bourbon. Oh, I, called- like a full thing of bourbon. Right. But, it, yeah. He's. It's significant. And Cary Grant nails drunk guy. Oh, he does. It's so good. He's falling all over. Later on, he gets but arrested. But it's not, it's not like over the top where you're like, oh, ha, ha, ha. he's acting. Like, it's yeah. almost like. Realistic. He's kind of yeah, like. It, the stumble, the way he stumbles when he walks, it looks like when you're drunk and you kind of, you know, don't have your balance. Yeah, and he's drunk around the police. They've got him in the courtroom or wherever this is, and he just climbs on the table and tries to take a nap. Yeah, yeah. It's so good. I, I love it. I love it so much. Um, I wrote, the because the, the very next morning he stands trial or has a court hearing of some sort, and I said, man, he looks really good for spending the night in jail because well, he, he looks just like he did beforehand. He's just like... Hair slicked back to the to the side again. The suits pressed. Everything. It's he always it's, looks good. Yeah, he always looks good. And uh, so basically, everyone thinks he's crazy because he's like, no, these people caught me. They said I'm Kaplan. Essentially, they try to frame him for drunk driving, and their hopes were they would drive off a cliff and die. Well, but he's he a good. He's an excellent drunk driver. He's real good. But he does like the way he kind of leans and sloshes around in the car ah he nails it yeah now i have to say even though it doesn't look great these car scenes there's something nostalgic about the rear projection car there is yeah that i just love i like they, they definitely do a lot in this too there's definitely a lot of car scenes yeah it's a it's a movie that's on the road and there's so many locations you never get bored and he and I just, there's something when they have that front view, I don't need it to be realistic. I like this. It's yeah. good to me. There are things like earlier on in Hitchcock films where I just don't like them, like when they fall and it just looks bad. You can see the green screen, but for yeah, some reason. Yeah, yeah. No, there's just something about it. You're you're absolutely right. It's just, it's that feel, you know what it is. Right. And I love it. So, um. Help me out. What's next? Well, so they, they they have the court hearing and the court, the judge says, well, let's just go back to that townhouse and we'll snoop around with some police officers and, you know, your attorney and your mother, who's just kind of there constantly awesome. with them. Yeah, she um, is so good. She doesn't take any crap 
from him, but she also doesn't back him up in any way at all. She's so like, this is all you, Roger. This yeah, is you're all drunk. You. That sounds like something you would do. And it's like, yeah, you would make up about someone kidnapping you and then forcing beer down or alcohol down your throat to get out of a, a DUI. That sounds yeah. like you. She just, she's awesome in all the scenes she's in. Yeah, and she's only in the first uh, third at, at most, really. She she kind of leaves pretty quickly. Yeah, she sets um, the tone, though. He has some conversations with her over the phone Yeah, that are very one-sided. And there's another piece of great acting from Cary Grant where he's having this one-sided conversation. But you know the mother, and it just works. Yeah, and he calls her mother. Like he said, he doesn't say mom or her. It's just mother. mother. Very clinical. It, very. And... uh so they go to this house and everything is undone. Basically, yeah. there's no uh, liquor in the liquor cabinet. It's just a bookshelf. They've cleaned where there was spills. And uh, Townsend is a different person altogether now. Yeah. The, no, the his wife, wife is. His yeah. wife comes down and, she, well, Mr. Townsend's in at the UN. He's given a, a press thing a jig. He's yeah, not home. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so this really, everything is stacked against Cary Grant. And to this is where Cary Grant probably and I think at this point in the film, he could probably just stop and yeah. lay low and be and, fine. And we'd have no more movie. I think yeah. that the at this point in the film, I think the bad guys are like, oh, OK, maybe he's not Kaplan. I mean, this is just kind of. Yeah. At what point do you think they would have stopped to be like, OK, maybe he isn't actually. But, well, I don't think at any point because they really the main bad guy really buys it the whole time. And it doesn't help that Cary Grant's character kind of starts to take on the persona. Right. Like so he this... starts, he goes to the UN and he's like, oh, I'm I'm Kaplan and I'm here to see Townsend. Well, this you is know? what really gets him. He goes to the hotel with his mother in tow and they break into Kaplan's That's right. room. Yes. And then the phone rings. And, and he Cary answers Grant it answers as Kaplan. It, and he's like, hey, Kaplan. He's like, no, I'm not Kaplan. And the guy's even like, you say you're not Kaplan. You're but you in? go to his his hotel room, you answer his phone. That's right. And you're just and that's the point where I'm like, okay, now you're screwed because I think yeah. maybe you could get away with it. And so they're calling, the bad guys are calling from the the lobby. Mm-hmm. And so Cary Grant thinks, "Oh, they're they're coming up obviously to get me." So him and his mom rush out to the elevator. And they meet the bad guys in the elevator at the and, same time. And once again, it's the douche bros. Um, yes. who are just again great and they look so douchey and so they're in the but that scene's I, fantastic that's my first iconic scene that i'm like oh, this is great this is such good acting by these four actors yeah and like even to the point so mom goes you're not actually trying to kill my son and everyone yucks it up in the in the elevator and so as they hit the floor that they're going carrie grant's just always one step ahead like well maybe not like a quarter of a step ahead yeah they're right on his tail but he's just a little bit faster than everyone else and he turns around he's like guys wait ladies first he lets the ladies out and then he they kind of block their path and he jets and my my one of my favorite lines is as he's running out uh his mom goes roger are you gonna be home for dinner (laughs) (laughs) i'm like probably not mother probably not i'm probably not gonna make it home for dinner Oh, that's good. And she still doesn't believe him at that point. Like, she's still just like, uh huh. Well, and but what does she have as proof? I mean, right. Other than it's your son and your child, you would think, oh, maybe my, but. Yeah, exactly. But uh, so he takes off, and I, I might miss a scene. I, I don't know. Cause it's a well, lot. There's to- a, he, gets, he gets into the cab, and he asks the cabbie to lose the guys, which he kind of does, but not really. Yeah. He works his way to the UN, right? Yeah, okay, so, yeah. Uh. And that's where he calls for t- the real Townsend, because is- he calls for Townsend, and he mm-hmm. thinks he's going to meet the the Townsend that he met earlier, but it's the actual Townsend, so the one that he met prior is fake, is a fake Townsend. Yeah, so these uh, gangsters, or whoever they are, used, knowing that Townsend wasn't home, his home as a place to pull off this whatever they were trying to do this abduction and now the real townsend is like so they they he he okay like you said he goes to the front desk and he's like i need to speak to mr townsend what's your name kaplan 
So again, yeah. he's just so reinforcing, I'm Kaplan, I'm Kaplan. No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. And the real Townsend comes down. And so... Kerry they start goes, talking. Yeah, Kerry goes yeah. like, who are you? And then he starts to get the truth. And he's like, no, I'm Townsend. And he's like, well, what about your wife? Well, my wife's been dead for years. And so... He's like, you live here? This is the address? He's like, and he describes their house. And he's like, yeah. yeah. And then just as things start to get like... Once he starts to get actual answers, out of nowhere, the old the old knife to the back. Yeah, but you can see it, right? So the, you can, the, right. It comes out of the screen. It, it just doesn't go, oh, and he's had this prop in his back the whole time. I mean, he probably has, and there's some creative work there, but I like it. And, and It's a so, bit unrealistic so in these the old goon, movies. The goon people. throws the knife, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's super. Yeah, yeah. And it's a great, I love it. But it's also one of those things in old movies that's like, or even current movies, people just die instantly, right? Yeah. And so yeah, he gets. Yeah, I mean, the guy gets stabbed with a knife. I mean, a throwing knife. It's, and the crazy part, it's not really a knife. It's more like a dagger. Yeah. And right? it's like, it's almost like a pirate dagger in a inch way. Inch or two like, in, maybe. Yeah. You know, it isn't sunk to the hilt. But as the guy's falling over, Cary Grant tries to hold him up by the knife, I guess. And yeah. of course. Yeah, yeah. So now. He. <laughs> His handprints are all over it. There's a happens to be a photographer nearby who takes right a picture of him. <laughs> it's and, comical. It's so good. And his face, because he's pissed at everything that's going on, looks angry in the picture. So it just really reinforces that this guy murdered now this head of state and he's on the run again. And that's where we get the first the the scene that kind of explains Kaplan. Yeah. Which was the first time I was like, ooh, looking back, I was like, maybe if they had cut this scene out and moved it further down, the Kaplan thing would have been a little more interesting still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Eric and I last week on Vertigo had a conversation similar to that because about halfway through Vertigo, they tell you the twist. They don't even like reveal it even. It's just like, yeah. hi, the twist is blah, 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 blah. And so you get this meeting in this FBI or CIA, this nondescript government agency that has a agent in the field. And yeah. to throw the scent off of their actual agent, they've created Kaplan, who doesn't exist. Yeah, fake agent. All to throw a guy by the name of Van Damme, unfortunately, not Jean-Claude, <laughs> off the scent of their actual agent who's infiltrated them. Because their previous agent was caught and killed. Yes. So it kind of made sense in a way why they were doing that. And this scene like, is okay, yeah, I get that. super exposition-y. And yes. probably the worst part of the movie. Yeah. I, but it's like not I said, bad. If they had cut it out, I would have been like, you would have been like chasing after Kaplan a little longer. Because now we're watching Cary Grant chase after nobody. Yeah, right, but like, and I think part of the reason they did this, though, I don't know why they did. I don't know. I, well, I, I the reason my logic to me was they they then give you like the the female lead, yeah. right? And what is she about, right? Because now because things don't start to make sense pretty quickly with her. Yeah, so they get on a train, and he meets Eve Kendall, who's played by Eva Marie Saint, who does a pretty good job. And just like all movies at the time, he's how old in this, and she's how much right. younger than him. She's he could easily be her father. Yeah, if, that's normal. You know, it's I mean, just one of those things, which is just one of those things of that time period. Like you see, and well, not even that time period because it's still a very common practice where leading men are much older than the leading females. But it's just it's it's easy to see in this because Carrie Grant you can almost sees gray, and she looks like she's. Just graduated Re- college at, at yeah. best. Rear window is far worse because um, Jimmy Stewart's fully gray. Yeah. And Jimmy, he's dating yeah. Grace. Jimmy Cru- Stewart's been an old man since inception. He was born an old yeah, man. like that. Yeah, he was born as Mr. Smith. Now, uh, real quick, uh, this movie stars Cary Grant, who is in four Hitchcock movies. Jimmy Stewart's been in four Hitchcock movies. The only man, and I say man, who's been in more Hitchcock movies is Leo G. Carroll, who is the guy who's like the head of the FBI agency oh, thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been in, um, oh gosh, I'm blanking, Spellbound, 
um, which is my favorite role he was in probably, but he's been in a number of them. Now there's a woman who's been in more and she was all in the silent era and um, I'm totally blanking on her name, but kind of, I think she just played like side roles. So anyway, uh, just had to point Leo G. Carroll's in a lot of films I've watched of, of Hitchcock. Yeah. Uh, so they meet on the train and she helps him get away from the bad guys momentarily or the police because the police are on the trail Uh, get away from the police momentarily so he's got the bad guys hunting him he's got the police hunting him because he they think he murdered uh, a diplomat so she lets him hide in her compartment or at least throws the cops off the scent and then pays to have him eat dinner with her and the flirting starts right away oh hardcore right the other thing, though, too, is he's wearing sunglasses to hide his oh, disguise. They're the which, best sunglasses. They are. I he literally makes, was like, I need to look for some of these. Yes. He makes wearing your pants above your waist look cool. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I yes. watch Jimmy Stewart he's, movies. He does the same, and it doesn't look cool. But Cary Grant, I'm yeah, like, he everything. can bring it back. Yeah. Yeah, he's wearing these sunglasses on the train, and they're they will look stupid on anybody else. Because they almost look, uh, not feminine, but they almost look like sunglasses a, a woman would wear, to me. Yeah. Just but the style does. of them. But like, he just, he pulls it off. He pulls He's it off. He's awesome. So basically, she flirts real hardcore. And he, of course, flirts back because it's Cary Grant. And she's like, you've got a nice face. And she's like, <laughs> I am alone and I don't like the book I'm reading. Uh, why don't you come back? <laughs> yeah. So there's an unplanned stop. The cops get on board. They go back to her room. She hides them up in a cubby where they make a bunch of sardine jokes. The, the, yeah, the bed cubby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The kind of like a, um, what are those beds called that fold up into the wall? Oh, I have no idea. The, you know, like in Roger Rabbit. Yeah. or uh, They got a weird name. I don't remember. Yeah, anyway. It's a, it's definitely a bed of the that era. Yeah, and it's up in, so it's she has a, a cabin alone. And so she's got this whole cabin to herself and she stows Jimmy Stewart there. They make out for what seems like forever. A little too long. Yeah. And they're flirty and it just kind of they say things. One of the things she does say that oh, I, I like this. Uh, she I forget. He's like running from the police. She's like, sounds dangerous. I don't want you with me or something like that. She goes, I'm a big girl. And he goes, yeah, yeah in all the right places, too. <laughs> awesome (laughs) it's terrible it's so good (laughs) and so they they get it on and uh the next day they're getting off the train and they kind of yes she has to set up a meeting with kaplan yeah and so she calls kaplan but now we know kaplan's not real and this is kind of when you see that she's actually working for the bad guys. Which I I had guessed that she was a spy already. Yeah. In my mind, I kind of knew there was something up with it because she was like, she was way too easy about helping him out. And, and she reveals at the dinner that night that she knew who he was, that he's yep. the killer. Mm-hmm. So she she's with, cool I, with like bedding down this murderer. Right. So you're like, okay, there's something to her for sure. Yeah, she's it's not just like the kindness of her heart helping out a stranger. She knows who this guy is. Yeah. And so it's revealed that she indeed works for the bad guys. But you can tell there's hesitancy. She is essentially giving him directions that lead him into a trap. But she's like fighting with herself to either tell him not to go or to allow him to go because she's on the bad guy's side. But she feels things for. Yeah. For Roger. This was interesting looking back on it once I've seen the whole movie where that scene plays out differently than it does at the time. Yeah. Because it does. It does. It just plays It absolutely does. Now, so this trap that she's leading him into takes us to the most iconic scene in the film. Which is the only thing I knew about this film. The, The thing I knew about this film beforehand, and I think you and I kind of casually talked about it at some point. Um, somebody, I think it was Esquire did a, um, a series of pictures with current modern day actors Mm -hmm. playing roles, uh, iconic Hitchcock roles. 
Um, and I just remember seeing that spread online or in the magazine at some point and being like, oh, this is really cool. And they, I believe, had Seth Rogen in the role of Cary Grant running from oh, the that plane. Would be bad. Oh, but the picture's really cool. Yeah, the picture's cool. But I'm saying if they're recast and they go John Hamm. Yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so like this is all I knew about the film. Yeah. Was was literally this this iconic so scene. With the only thing I knew. saying how I feel about it. As this is the most iconic scene, and we're gonna do this next week. Um, but what's your reaction after seeing the the crop dusting scene in its entirety? Uh, so I was excited for the scene. I knew I knew where they she was leading him was to that scene because I could just feel like that's that's it because I knew it kind of took place in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I I think if you could redo this movie today, that scene could really play out really cool. I the one of the things about this movie, and I don't know how other Hitchcock movies are, so you can speak to that. Is the soundtrack to this movie is really not anything that I latched onto at all. I do disagree. Because okay. the music, okay, largely the soundtrack is that there is a theme in the soundtrack, though, uh, that I'll play a snippet of now. Okay. And that theme is excellent. It's the opening crawl. Yeah, that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is. Yeah, I agree with that. I love that. And it's a theme that is specific to this movie and you won't hear it anywhere else. And I I love that. Now, the rest of the score is fine. I I mean, it is forgettable. I can't think of another piece. Yeah, it didn't catch my. So I feel like that scene was missing something uh, like that. Like it was just Mm -hmm. missing something to me. And I don't know if it's because I had built it up in my head to be this thing, you know, because thinking about it, I'm like, how is this plane going to chase a guy in the middle of a field? Yeah. But then so, they add like gunshots to it. I'm like, oh, OK, the plane's got a gun. That makes a little more sense. He's yeah. trying to shoot him. OK, OK, now, okay I'm getting there. I'm getting there. So this is the thing about when you watch Hitchcock movies all in a row. This scene blew my balls off. OK, I loved it. I loved the slow buildup. I, lo- I did too. Well, the the well. So what happens is he goes to. He's in the middle of nowhere. He gets on a bus. Right. He's taken to the middle of nowhere. There's nothing nearby other than the bus stop and a mailbox across the street. Right. I mean, it's literally nothing. And then, right. Just before a guy gets out, gets dropped off out of a, from a truck, and he's standing on the opposite side of the road. Right. And there's that moment where Cary Grant's standing on one side of the road and this stranger standing on the other side. And the way that the the camera cuts to the both of them, one standing on each side. I love that like showdown where they're just like it's silent oh, yeah. and they're looking at each other. It's just like it puts you in the moment because, again, I know what's getting ready to happen. Yeah. Right. I like, love I know, the I know what's coming. Yeah. I yeah, love hearing it, it, the gravel under their shoes. Yes. I mean, it's just. It's very well done. It's 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 that movie magic, right? right. Like, and I think there are other times where Hitch tries to do this, and it doesn't work for me. I find it boring and dull and stupid. And the reason I don't like it in those other movies is because he hasn't earned it yet. Okay. As far as what the story is doing, and in this movie, it's been balls to the wall as soon as the the opening credits were done, yeah. and so to have this lull was almost foreign and unsettling, right? And I think that's why it works so well. Is this yeah, is almost like the eye of the storm in the movie. I rewatched this scene after watch finishing the movie because it just like stood out to me. Mm-hmm. So I just liked how well it was filmed. Cuz then the stranger walks over and they have a conversation and you can kind of he can tell Carrie Grant can tell like oh this isn't this isn't Kaplan. who I'm looking for. This isn't yeah. Kaplan. And then the stranger is just like looking over at the plane that's crop dusting off in the distance, which you really wouldn't even notice. You can see it and you can kind of see it in the background. But he's like, that's funny. The uh, that crop duster is dusting uh, crops that aren't even there. Yeah. And then the bus comes, it gets on the bus and leaves. And you're like, ah, oh, damn, it's about to get it's about to happen. Yeah. Like, and you're so just like, it's going to happen. The shot of shots. And I don't know. 
I have to believe, and I believe this in my heart, and I'm just choosing to believe it. As the plane makes its first approach, he's running toward the camera, and that plane comes right overhead. Right at him. Yeah. And it does not look fake. And no, in these it old really movies, you can tell when it's fake. I have to believe that this was just done and timed with such precision. And it's if it wasn't, it's, it's film, it's, it's tricked you. Yes, I, right? I'm convinced it's real. And so even if it's fake, it's like, okay, amazing, right? Yeah. But they don't have what we have now. Like nowadays, if you see this plane coming and doing that same shot, unless it's Mission Impossible with Tom Cruise, you're pretty sure that the plane isn't actually there. Yeah, right. You know what that, I mean? That's the problem with the Marvel movies. I love the Marvel movies. I've right. watched them all. I'll watch every single one of them. But it's but like when you see like the behind the scenes, you're like, oh, it's just guys standing on a dirt field. Right. It's all green screen. And this to me was just and that's why to me it stands up and feels good. And then the rest of the scene kind of takes place and it's still silent. You can hear the plane coming and there's gunfire and they crop dust them and uh, and not in a farting kind of way. But then he stands <laughs> in the road, a fuel tanker stops and the plane just plows into it and explodes. That really confused me. I loved I was, it. I loved it, but I was very confused by, like, I guess the, the pilot was just that bad. He was just so into trying to get Cary Grant that he just doesn't he just see blew. the... Yeah. yeah. And maybe it's a spin disbelief there. I was able to yeah. very easily because it was a spectacle. And to see it in a movie this old... When you've watched as many Hitchcock movies as I have, yeah. it's so nice to have. And it's real. Like, it, they really right. set that thing on fire. Totally can, practical you know. effects. Yeah. So he drives off. He steals some citizen's car and drives off with a fridge in the back of this truck. <laughs> That's right. And parks, I need a sip and parks of water. I, I love it. I love it because he then drives into the city and parks it on the street. And you can just, there's a scene where you can see the truck. This old beat up truck next to these nice new ones. Yeah, and this fridge is in the in the you know back of the truck. Where you're like, this is just it's kind of again it's that subtle humor that's like, yeah, it's a it's, chuckle, it's, but it's not. Like, right. This isn't a comedy, right? Right, but it's still funny. And I think a lot of the stuff. To, I mean, Cary Grant has just the best one liners. Yeah, and I have a couple more written down. Uh, but so he he goes. He's driving to the hotel room that Eve is at. Now, if you remember, Eve is the one who sent him to his death, essentially, to get crop dusted. And he, she's surprised to see him, but then she gives him a very genuine hug. Yeah. Like, I'm glad you're alive. And he, you can tell he suspects things already because he's, he starts uh, saying things that be like, you knew what you were doing. Um, yeah. But she doesn't let on or at least show that she is picking up on what he's laying down. Yeah, it, which is a good it's another good scene in that hotel room of like cat and mouse between the two of them. Mm -hmm. The dialogue is really good and catchy. Uh, there's subtle things that are happening. Like she answers the phone because obviously it's for her and she writes something down and then takes that piece of paper and folds it up and puts it in her purse. You know, like these kinds of things that you can pick up on if you're like looking for them, mm -hmm. you know, because um because of what it, I guess just what it leads to. Yeah. And it, it is a great scene. And he's he's like, well, they decide to go out to dinner. Um, and he's like, well, he's going to shower up first. Well, he pretends to shower. Right. Uh, his suit has been taken by the the person that cleans suits at the hospital or the hotel. Excuse the me. Hotel. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Thank you. Um, get there. I knew it. Uh, and he's, of course, he he as soon as she leaves. He goes to the tablet she was writing on and does that side pencil thing where you can see what they've written down and it's an address or something like that. And then they go to probably my second favorite scene. Mine too. The, the, I the art love this. Uh, yes. The dialogue, the way it's filmed, everything about it is just so well done. This is where I, I got to say, this is where I can't deny that, hey, Hitchcock is a genius. He is in this moment. In this film and the auction scene. So he goes to an auction where both uh, Eve Martin Landau, yep. the crony, and uh, the man who is originally Mr. Townsend that we now know is Van Damme. 
are yes. at this auction bidding on some stuff. And he just, again, he's so Just brazen. walks up. He just walks right up, sits right next to them. He's like, what's going like, on over hey, here? What's up? And they're stunned to see him, but he's so ballsy. And he's walking right up to the people. And of course, it's like, the he they, later he sees that the, the goons are blocking <laughs> the door. And so he's walked into his own trap. But again, he's always just a little bit faster just a well, that, tiny bit smarter than everyone else that dialogue between him and van damme is fantastic because as they're talking van damme is still bidding on art pieces and he's telling his crony when to bid on them right you no know, he's it's oh. just the way it's filmed it's just it's it's very it's very well done where you're just like you're into it you're you again that movie magic where you just you're in that moment and it's just everything about it's perfect the way that it's filmed and blocked and you know shot and yeah, just everything about it. It's just really, really and well done. James Mason plays Philip Van Damme, and he's fantastic. He oh, is he's a great bad guy. Quintessential Bond villain. Thick, drawly, English accent. Like, you just, it's like velvet. He's wearing, like, leather gloves, he's right? Because he's got his awesome. hand wrapped around Eve's, like, neck. And you're just like, this guy is just so scummy. He's slimy, but suave. Like, he's yeah. the op, like, he's as suave as Cary Grant, but Cary Grant, you kind of like him in the magnetic. This guy's the kind of was like unsettling. And it's, it's just how the... I would be if I was trying to be Cary Grant, right? You know, uh, if I'm trying to be that person. <laughs> yeah. This is how if I would, you... I would come off as this. This is how I would come off. I yeah. would come off as, as Van Damme. As the slime guy. Um, yeah, yeah. But it's so in order now, so now he's stuck, right? He's stuck at this auction and his way to get out is the funniest. It's thing. great. But it's ingenious at the same time. It, yes, it's an ingenious way to get out of it. But Cary Grant uses his comedic timing, and he just starts throwing the auction. Like, hey, hey can I hear? I got eleven hundred. I got eleven. Can I hear twelve? And they're talking in the thousands. And they're like, "Sir, it's it's already at two thousand. And he'll be like, one thousand. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. He's just, Sir, it's already at two thousand. All right, one thousand one. And he's like, "Well, my money's as good as anybody." And then he overbids on himself. Like it's a two thousand. Yeah. All right, I got two thousand. Twenty two hundred, sir. You already have the bid. And then, it, then one time he's like bidding on something that was in you know twenty two thousand, and he'll say uh, thirteen, and they're like thirteen thousand. No dollars. That's how much it's worth. And like he makes a scene where they have to arrest him. Yeah, it's perfect. But he realizes that the cops are safer than being killed by like at least well, with because... the cops he has a chance. Because he's learned, he's kind of learned what's happening, right? He's He's got enough information where he feels like he can go to the police now. And the bad guys are a little worried about that, right? Like, they're literally worried yes. about him going to the police. So he purposely gets arrested. Yeah, and so it, as he's being taken with the police, uh, the one guy calls it in, and he's asked to go to an airport as opposed to downtown. Uh, at this airport... He, Cary Grant meets up with uh, Leo G. Carroll, who again is the head of the FBI, the guy who's running the whole George The Kaplan. professor, right? He's the, the professor. They call him the professor. And uh, he kind of tips his hand and he says, hey, uh, you know, there is no Kaplan. Kaplan is a nothing. But you've actually jeopardized our agent in the field by your actions. So we need you to be George Kaplan longer. Yeah. And. He doesn't want anything to do with it until we get the next twist, which is that Eve is actually that double agent. Yeah, which, which makes a lot of sense then, right? Why it, she's so relieved to see him and why she's she. Yeah, exactly. And 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 now because of this, he feels obligated to continue to be George Kaplan to get her out. To right. rescue her. The idea is, is that, uh, and what Leo G. Carroll says is, we're going to get her out, but we need your help. Taking a sip of water. Yeah, you're fine. So, well, so they concoct a plan to meet up with Van Damme, so Kaplan and Van Damme can meet up. Uh, and I don't know what, I don't remember what the reasoning is for them meeting up, but they decide to meet up at like this, I, I assumed it was like a ski resort. It just kind of seemed like a ski resort room to me. I don't know why I got those vibes. Yeah, because it looked like one. That's why. Yeah. Um, yeah so I, I think the 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 pretense of the meeting is, hey, you know I'm an agent, and you know I have the dirt on you, 
but I also have an offer for you. I'm willing to let you go to just kind of throw my hands up and, and give up whatever I have on you. But in return, give me the girl. And he says it in a way where it's like, I'm going to punish her for betraying me. Yeah. Because up until he finds out she's a double agent, he is mad at her. For, Furious. Uh, yeah. Well, quite for literally. basically, you know, kind of, it's alleged, well, they, it, it's never shown that they've like slept together. They spent the it's night in the same room, but it's he- as close, yeah, it's very heavy handed. It's straight upset. I, I mean, it's yeah. as far as you can go without saying it. Then, like, a shootout breaks out where she shoots Cary Grant. Yeah. Yeah, she gets furious about it, and she just kind of walks up and shoots him. Yeah, because and they all run off. Martin Landau, Van Damme, and uh, Eve run off to somewhere. And, and I knew, I knew that, I knew this, I knew what this was already. Well, you had because to. the right. The professor comes to rescue Cary Grant, and he pulls his hand underneath Cary Grant and pulls out like a a red rag, and he's like, "Oh no, he's been shot. Yeah. It's he's Not- put on a stretcher, and you know." Yeah, it didn't fool. The only person it fooled was Van Damme. Pretty much literally. Because you find out later that Martin Landau... Well, no, Martin Landau, I guess, bought it, but he's pretty smart, actually. Um, Now, they meet in the woods, and there is Eve and Cary Grant. And this shot with the trees and the two cars and everything is just lovely. Yeah, it's... It's something. <laughs> what do you it's, mean? It, I well, like that background. Oh, really? I, th- I oh, thought the well, background was really kind of like there very are soundstagey looking. Map paintings that are pretty bad. Yeah. And yet, I like them. Maybe I can't remember a map painting in this scene because I thought the trees in the foreground and everything was shot really nice. There is one where he's leaving the UN and it's this sort oh, of. Oh, yeah, yeah. The yeah. shot nowadays you would just do with a drone for 50 bucks. But back then. You'd have to get a helicopter, and even yeah. then you made, I don't know that they had the technology to have a stable camera, and so they did a map painting, and it doesn't look great. Right. But I would buy that painting and hang it in my room. I would love okay. that as a piece of movie art. <laughs> it's it's awesome. So they meet in the woods, and Cary Grant thinks that he's gotten her out, because she's run away from after the shooting where... Van Damme and, and Martin Landau went one way, Eve went another way, and Cary Grant went out in the body bag, essentially. Right. But that's not the case. No. Right? So the professor has essentially tricked um, Cary Grant and said, actually, she's going back in the field. With this, we now know that she is still undercover. Her cover is not blown, and she's leaving the country with Van Damme. We're going to keep her because we need to know what he's up to because this is during the Cold War and he has some sort of secrets. And this is a plot device that was used back in the World War Two era movies of Hitch, where it was just like they have information. Never really yeah. said what it is. Oftentimes it's a weapon. Uh, but you find well, out and that when we find out what it is, it's you're still not even like it's sure microfilm, what that, right? It's microfilm, right? Yeah. You're like, oh, that's where the microfilm is. Like, it's so cliche. Yeah. Have you ever but, seen um, Loaded Weapon 1? No, I have not. OK. They, I recommend it. It's a fun slapstick okay. movie. But anyway, um, basically, again, Cary Grant. So, OK, so we cut to Cary Grant is like being held at a facility. Yeah, because he gets like knocked out, right? Like, because he's trying to stop Eve. He gets punched in the mouth, but what looks like a forest ranger. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, and it, so he's back at like this hospital, but it's like a under sort of guard hospital where Leo G. Carroll is, and uh, he's wearing nothing but a towel. Uh, yeah, and I'm right. sure, like, uh, he just makes it look good again. If I'm walking around with nothing but a towel on, people throw up. It's not a good situation. So he tells Leo G. Carroll, I want a drink. And as he leaves, he gets dressed and flees this facility. And he and then we get to this. This is the climax here. We're at the near the end of the movie and we're at Mount Rushmore. And this is uh, 
the crop dusting scene might be the most famous scene, but I think the most iconic yeah. visual is them on Mount Rushmore. Yeah, it definitely is. Because the house that Van Damme is at is like on the top of Mount Rushmore, behind yeah. Mount Rushmore. Like, it's an awesome house, too. And so he climbs yeah. up there, and he's able to hear Martin Landau and Van Damme have a conversation where Martin Landau has found the gun that she used to shoot Cary Grant. And he shoots Van Damme with it. But of course, there's blanks. And this convinces Van Damme that indeed he cannot trust Eve and they are going to kill her when they're on the plane. So now it's not just, hey, I got to get her out. It's if I don't, she's going to die. So back on the train, he lights a cigarette for her and he's got a uh, his own. I didn't know this was a thing, but he has his own matchbooks with his initials on it. And these are the single-use matchbooks. You've seen them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, which is great. It's just, I I could see this guy having that. Oh, for sure, right? And his initials are ROT, R-O-T. Yeah, and the O stands for nothing, right? Yeah, it's just what he oh, it's whatever, yeah. He doesn't even say, like, it's Oscar or whatever. Yeah, he's like, O stands for nothing. Like, yeah, he writes it. Your character. So he's in the house now. We're back at the end of the movie. He's climbed in the house, and downstairs is Eve getting ready to leave on this plane. He writes a note in this matchbook and flips it downstairs, and it lands next to her. Martin Landau picks it up and just puts it on the table, and she reads it and then realizes that he's in the room. He lets her know, hey, they're going to kill you. We got to get out of here. Now, this is kind of a tricky thing where so she still goes with them as they leave to go on the plane. And while he's in the building, Cary Grant is held at gunpoint by like the maid, someone who's very loyal to Mr. Van Damme. Yeah. Who was the same maid from the at the old house at, right okay. at the beginning of the film? I did it's not say, catch because that. that is her. Her husband is Martin Landau, I believe. Right. That's her husband. Also, um, did I see it was Landis or Landau? Oh, Landis. Never mind. Um, I thought maybe she was actually married to Landau, but her last oh. name's Landis. Um, the actress. So you just hear gunshots as they're about to load her on the plane, and that's because. Cary Grant realized that the gun was the same one with the blanks in it that he was being Which held was full. It was just full of blanks because just, she shot him a couple times. She shot him twice. Landau D- shot a couple twice. Shot once. So, yeah, like, and then she just, shot twice. So I believe we're still good. It's not a Rambo level of rounds here. That's true. Fair enough. Fair enough. And uh, so he goes and picks her up as they're about to leave. You know, she climbs in the car. So what they were bidding on at that auction was this statue filled with microfilm what's on the microfilm yeah microfilm. nobody knows yeah no one knows van damme but doesn't also, know this is where she eve learns that like oh it's the art that's got the mic like that's what he's after is this art i'm like you think he just you know it's just one of those things like he's carrying around the art he's carrying around this sculpture right. with <laughs> microfilm in it you're like come on eve like you're a spy for crying out loud come on yeah Get it like, together. At one point, don't you think it's a little weird? He's just carrying this newfangled statue around everywhere. It's a little yeah. weird, right? It is weird, but I guess Van Damme's eccentric. There you go. Yeah. Well, they start so uh, they start running around on Mount Rushmore trying to get away, which is a weird thing. They get cornered in a fashion where the best way to get away is to climb down the face of Mount Rushmore. And I've never been to Mount Rushmore, so. I- I don't know if you know. Is it is the size accurate to the film size hey, of the, of the monument? Shrug emoji. I got no idea. Okay, I don't. I don't know if it is or not because I w- I was like, well, these faces are a little smaller than I what I thought they would be. But I don't know. Maybe it is that small. I've never been to Mount Rushmore. I can't. Right. I have no way of knowing. Get at us. Um, yeah. Anybody now, else? Yeah. Who, who's been to someone from Montana? Let us know. Is it in Montana? No, South Dakota. Ooh. Yeah. There you go. That sounds. Like, Right. Okay. And I, <laughs> uh, just ignore that. I'll edit that out. I was, uh, I was born in this state. I was born in this country. It doesn't matter, right? That's I didn't have to take that test. You really didn't. Um, yeah. 
just a so and this hard this is where things kind of get weird to explain a couple people fall they hold on to the edge now there's one guy i believe one of the douche bros falls off and it looks yes yeah, stabby guy right doesn't the stabby guy fall i believe so and it actually looks good like compared to uh rear window which looked awful just terrible this actually looks pretty good First time period. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't think that. it. Yeah. yeah, I think you show it today in theaters, people yeah. will be like, <laughs> 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 but sure. for a 1959, it looks pretty good. Uh, well, anyway, everyone dies on the face of this mountain. Um, I, I just and gonna it, skip it because it's all just various. Well, and Eve, Eve's slipping off, right? She's falling off. She's oh, like that's right. grip. She's gripping onto the 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 rock, and she's slipping. Scene. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, so she's she has slipped because again, Eve is doing everything in heels, right? She didn't have shoes on at this point. Well, she a she had heels on to begin with. The okay. heels break, then she loses the shoes. So at this point, yeah, she's barefoot as she's like Jurassic Park sliding. evolution all over again, or whatever that one was. As she's sliding down, and Cary Grant reaches down to try to grab her as Martin Landau's character is like shooting at them essentially. Right, like he's kind of shooting at them as Martin Lan- or as Cary Grant's like reaching down to kind of grab her, and he has her hand kind of, but not really at the same time. And he's like, just like pull up. He's like pull forward, you know, just reach. Then he for asks it. for Martin Landau's help. That's right, and it almost looks like Martin Landau for a I second know. is going to help them. Where you're like, whoa, there's something in weird. his face, and it's a great performance by Landau that softens a little bit to make you think. Well, it's going to save the woman. Yeah. You might still dump Cary Grant off. And as he walks over, his foot lands on Cary Grant's fingers and he applies pressure. It's awesome. And for a second, I'm thinking they might actually die. This is Alfred Hitchcock. This would be phenomenal that like for a second, I'm almost kind of not wishing for them to die. But I'm like, wow, what a way to end this film. Right. If that's what they do for a second. But alas, Leo G. Carroll shows up with the uh, with a the cops. gang of cops. Yeah, yeah, just why not? Why not raid the place? I, I guess maybe you're worried that she'll get hit. Uh, and they shoot Martin Landau. Everybody's dead. Well, actually, they capture Van Dam. Uh, yeah, but they don't really show that, right? Right. But he's up there with the cops, isn't he? I want well, to say kind of like silhouettes up. They're kind of like silhouettes yeah. right up on like the top of the hill. And maybe one of them is like looks like they're getting arrested, but it's just kind of like silhouette. And you can tell that the professor's up there. Yeah. And uh, but this is pretty much in the movie. You see them again. They're on a train. Well, he lifts down. He Carrie Grant reaches down to grab her. Oh, hand. yeah. She's still not hanging there. Right. Right. And as she as he pulls her up, it cuts to him pulling her up onto oh, the bed yes. of the train. Because they had talked previously about, like, we should do the train trip, like, legit this time. Right. And and so they do. And they climb up and start kissing. And as they lay down. And they're down, married at that point because he calls her Mrs. whatever his last name is. Yeah, Thornbury. And they yeah, lay right. down. And the final thing you see is a train entering into a tunnel. Which is to say, they got it off. Did you pick that okay. up? The, the, I did the, not pick that up. The phall- like right when up. they lay down, the phallic train goes into the tunnel and it says the end. I did not pick that up. That's comical. It's that's awesome. that's fantastic. Uh, so <laughs> how do you feel about North by Northwest? I the movies for me was I think it said two hours and eighteen minutes. Yeah. And I watched it on HBO Max, and I think there was like a two or three minute little like intro by somebody. I skipped over it. Right. So it's like a two hour, 15 minute movie, which I think for the time period's a relatively long movie, right? Yeah. I, yeah, that's about the high end. I think I've gotten, I've seen one that's two and a half hours from him. And I've okay. certainly watched some that feel longer than two hours. Um, but for me, for two hours and 15 minutes, this is a pleasure. I thought so too. I I felt like it kind of got a little long in the tooth and the latter third, just because it just I was like, oh yeah, this is like kind of a longer movie. I I think I stopped it. I paused it at one point just to see how much time I had left. Yeah. Right before the Mount Rushmore stuff, and I was like, oh, I'm almost done with it. This has got to be like the last big like set piece to it. 
but I didn't think it was, I didn't feel like, I wasn't like, oh my God, is this over yet? But it, I didn't know, I didn't notice. I was like, oh yeah, this is like a two hour movie. This is like a solid, this is a solid watch. Yeah. This isn't like a 90 minute thing. I didn't get I, that at all. I loved every second of it. And uh, with blinders on, pretending I've never seen Psycho and I've only seen the movies in the past, this is a number one for me. I loved it. I I I watched. I started watching this. I think twenty minutes in, Tessa had got my wife had come home, mm-hmm. um, and so we literally just started it over so she could like catch up with it. Did she enjoy it? Yeah, yeah. She was yeah. just like she was like asking questions as I was watching it, and I was like, oh, okay. Well, instead of me like pausing to explain, let's just like you know start fresh. Oh, I see. Okay, you know. Yeah. And so I, I re, we restarted that very beginning just so she knew. What so she maybe was. that's why it felt long in the tooth. Yeah, maybe that is what it is because I had watched that first like fifteen minutes or so twice. But yeah. <laughs> uh, but to me, this is near perfection. Um, and again, that might be the the mind of someone who's been warped by watching every Hitchcock movie chronologically. So do you feel the same way about him as you did before you started this whole thing? Has um, your opinion of him changed at all? Yes. Uh, I used to be this guy. So before I started the podcast, the movies I'd watched of his were Psycho Birds, Vertigo, North by Northwest, uh, Saboteur. And I think that might be it. Okay. Dial M. Okay. And so of those movies, again, I don't like Vertigo anymore, but. I had thought they were all pretty good. So I thought of them, this guy that just makes pretty good movies. And, and of course, Psycho is my favorite movie of all time. So there's always that. But my opinion has changed from being, this is a guy who can do no wrong to a guy who's done tons of wrong and not just (laughs) bad filmmaking, but also bad choices as a person. And yeah, that's, that's a really hard, I think that's such a hard lens. I, I was really interesting listening to the Kendra talk about it. Because I think she puts a finer point on it than either of us could. Yeah, and you can go you back know. and listen to the episode of The Ring and um, ooh, Young and Innocent, um, yeah. where Lakendra's on those. And I, and even on top of that, though, there's some issues with women. Now, specifically, I mean, even in this one, it's a little well in all of them. There isn't yeah. one where it's just like, oh, finally. Um, and I think, uh, the error of his ways, right. The only times I say finally are when the men faint, which I think has happened maybe three times. Uh, usually the women are the ones falling over when bad news happens. Now, uh, the specifically Tippy Hedrum who stars in the birds and Marnie has some major problems with him. And, uh, fortunately Tess is going to be on those episodes. So I will have a female perspective and, um, she can provide some, uh, commentary on that, which I'm looking forward to. Yeah, she now I got to. She's what? She is too. She's excited. She's real excited. Yeah, I, I think we're gonna have fun. Um, yeah. Now, I have to say though, of the people who've guested on the show, you're the luckiest. Um, I think so. I'm glad I picked this one. I, 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 I had wanted to do this one when you were like, "Hey, what, which of these do you want to do?" Only because again, because of the airplane scene, it was just. To me, it's, it's one of those things I remember and it was so well. so far out when you said that. I'm like, dude. And it was like March or whatever. I'm like, I'm not going to yeah. get to that till fall. That's way near the end. Uh, which you dodged several bullets. Um, oh, I've listened way. to the Mark episodes. I, I uh... Now, Dial M. Dial M's pretty great. Uh, I'd say it's an unequivocally, that's a word with more syllables, uh, great film. Dial M. But That's next true. week, you're coming back. I, I'm also excited for this because I've never seen Psycho either. I asked you before if you knew anything at all, and you've only said to me, you've only known the phrase, Mother Knows Best. Yeah, I know that. And I know that the prequel series, Bates Mattel, is like really well received. Do you so, know anything about the prequel series? No, I just know it's about... Um, I just know it's about the boy and his mom. I just know, you know, I know okay. very, very, very broad strokes. I don't know anything. I know it's at the hotel. Okay. You know, that's, I know that's all literally I nothing. I've always wanted, because my mind is nostalgically attached to Psycho, 
Again, I've said it. It's my favorite movie. Full stop. And I want to see how someone feels about it going in totally blind. And you're the closest I could find. Yeah, I think this is the closest you can get to wanting to experience something for the first time again. Yeah, and and to do it vicariously. Yeah. Now, you never saw the 1998 Vince Vaughn version, did you? No, I didn't even know that 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 existed either. awful. Oh, boy. It's a shot-for-shot remake, but just Oh, is it really? Yeah. That's crazy. I'll have to watch it afterwards. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Um. So I, I, I'm beyond excited to hear your commentary on it. I'm excited because I I watch Psycho a lot. I will just throw it on. And when I started the podcast, I said, I'm not watching anything out of order. So I haven't watched hit, hit, uh, Psycho in several months, many months, Almost 10 months. A year. Yeah. And, and probably even longer than that because I hadn't watched it right before starting. So... I'm excited to watch it again. I'm really excited to hear your your uh, input. It is, to me, the Super Bowl of this podcast is next week. Oh, boy. So, now, that doesn't... That, uh, I want you to also be honest. Like, I don't want you to come on yeah. here and be oh, like, yeah, Jeff, I totally see what problem. you mean. Yeah. You know, just remember in your heart how you felt when I was dissing Vast of Night. <laughs> And bring that hatred to the table right. if you don't like the movie. But if you do like it, please be honest. I absolutely will. I can, I can promise that. Now, before we get out of here, where can people find you? Yeah, I, I do podcasts. Not as many as Jeff, but I'm close. I'm I'm just a couple After behind this one's this over, point. I'm back down to two again, baby. Yeah, I, I got two right now currently. So uh, I do Tessa and Elliot argue. It's the one I do with my wife. Um, and occasionally with our friend Michelle, she's kind of been on the last couple of months um, where we usually find weird news headlines and kind of share them back and forth and then kind of ramble in between about some ridiculous thing that we've done or seen or share about our life a little more than it's probably should a be. a really funny show. Which is if very appreciative. you're fine hearing about people's uh, being uncomfortable about what Elliot says. I have a very open book about just about anything. I have no problem sharing yeah. Probably way too much. I, I, my wife does not like that. So it's and it, that's it, the that's the funny dynamic. I think so too. Yeah. So we ha- I have that, uh, and then I have another a video game podcast called the Gaming Nexus Show, uh, where I'm a staff writer at GamingNexus.com, which is just gaming news and reviews. And so that podcast is just kind of like a slice of not just video games. We'll talk about movies. We'll talk about shows. We'll talk about any kind of pop pop culture. Yeah, something or other. So it just kind of whatever kind of catches us that week. We each kind of bring a thing to share with the other uh, three guys and just kind of go from there. So, yeah. And you can find all of those in your favorite podcast platforms. Uh, if you want to get in touch with Elliot, it's Elliot underscore argues at Twitter. Yeah, that's right. All right. Yeah. You can find me at podcast by Jeff. You can email the show at Hitchcock chronologically at gmail.com. And I implore you, if you're listening to this, watch psycho and join me next week with Elliot as we review, in my opinion, the greatest film ever made. Oof. I'll see you next week. Mm, take it easy, kids.